Hello, rhetorical listeners, and welcome into the second part of our season finale. I'm your host, Charles Woods. I hope you're doing okay out there, wrapping up the semester. Things are winding down here at Illinois State University this week. Since we are in the middle of our episode with the Next Gen Moderators, I'll go ahead and jump right in and talk to you after our conversation's over. So, here's part two of my conversation with the Next Gen Listserv Moderators. Sveta, one of the things you brought up earlier was the the Next Gen International Scholars Anti-Discrimination Open Letter. I think that for me as a part of the Next Gen community on the listserv, but also as an academic a graduate student, you know, this is a prime example, right, of what of what you all are, are mean when you say community coalitional approach. So I definitely want to talk a bit about the ISAD open letter. Uh, I wonder, uh, how did this letter begin? What was the, the genesis of this project for NextGen? Uh, and what do you, what do you expect, uh, what are your expectations for this project? Let, wanted, do, you, do you want me to kind of overview? Yeah, that would be nice, I think, because I'm cutting off all the time. Okay. Um, so, so I think the genesis really began, um, maybe even a year ago when when a graduate student came to us or posted about it on the listserv and on WPAL and then got flack from senior scholars about pointing out how international scholars were being discriminated against on the job market. And then I know about like I think it was like a year ago we the three moderators, Mia Shanka and Sweta at the time, uh, met with met with her to really discuss it and see how we can support. And then with Sweta being on the job market now and experiencing it as well, I think it it was the straw that broke the camel's back almost to where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, it's now time to move forward with it. Yeah, Sweta, do you want to add anything to that? Piggybacking off of Kyle, we I am on the job market and I see all these ads saying uh, U.S. citizens only or permanent residents only. And I was expressing my uh, frustration with Kyle. And I, I, I am vocal on Twitter. <laughs> so I had tweeted at some people who were sharing the job ads and uh, were saying like, oh, this is HR rules and regulations. While HR rules and regulations, uh, in my opinion applies for all the department, not just the English department. So it was very confusing for me uh, about that response. Um, And because of that, I was expressing my frustration with Ashanka and Kyle, and we were just brainstorming, what can we do? And we just said, I think it was Kyle again. (laughs) I think it was Kyle saying, let's do something. So that's how Kyle is. And we just started up. And we shared that idea with the uh, with our friend who had experienced similar kind of uh, discrimination when they were on the job market. And so when we chatted with her, uh, we just started a Google Doc and started working. And Esti Beck 
also helped in that uh, creating that document. And again, like I said before, the whole coalition team, when uh, Kyle uh, posted out this to uh, this on our listserv, there were like maybe maybe 100 people working on that document. Uh, so it was not it was just an idea, but this wouldn't have been possible without next-gen community as a whole coming together to write that document, to research on that. And our new moderators, I know it was uh, it was a bit uh, a lot of task just to just to drop a bomb <laughs> saying like, hey, we are doing this. But they also worked together hard in uh, network. And I see, I think Kyle can add uh, the social movement and community uprising thing that he does. So it was a community uprising for and solidarity. We uh, we gathered from not just people on Next Chain, but also faculty members like S.T. Beck, Asao Inoue, uh, Steve Parks, and our uh, Kyle's and Kyle's advisor uh, Jason Palmieri and my advisor Rick Johnson Sheehan so it was just a collective effort overall and our, of course our moderators and our startup team so uh, the expectations we have uh, we didn't have a specific goal like specific exact goal to meet with this statement but we just wanted to put a word out on by saying that um, here's what it is here is how discrimination is working. And we are just, so this uh, statement calls for advocacy. So it's not just, it's not like you have you are bad people and you are just discriminating, but it invites the other people who are on the other end and who may not uh, be able to change this right away with all these university regulations, but we wanted them to join us and advocate for us, our international students. So that's how this statement's goal is to invite everyone for advocacy and discrimination that's ongoing. So yeah, that's, Kyle, do you wanna add? Or any of the moderators, do you wanna add because you are in this all together? Um, So this is not really related to the genesis of, of the letter. But okay. um, so that that is just my own experience as well, where I have seen those kind of uh, comments or just those kind of explanations given in job postings, and I've always wondered like what is wrong with this, and um, there is no one solution to it, which makes the case even more interesting, which is why I think the attention that the letter has received uh, comes also from a space where everybody's feeling it, nobody knows what the exact solution is. Because it is quite a, a complex issue because uh, when they ask for uh, your your nationality or they ask whether you need sponsorship, there are multiple ways of asking that question, whether you're international. And it might not be as straightforward, but there are various ways to get at it. And the idea of not having the question at all just agrees with everybody. And it's almost become this exigence now that people can fall back on and say like, see, this is the letter and there are so many people endorsing it. So that's an exigence for the research that I'm doing. So I was at, uh, I was at, uh, the conference ABC just this past weekend and I met with Josie from, um, 
I forget her school, sorry. So there is uh, this faculty member actually who's doing this research and wanted to publish it with one of the leading journals in TechCom, but she was rejected from the journal saying that this is not an issue or this is not something that we would address. Josie, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this is not something that we would address. This is not something that we would address in technical communication. It is not included. But now with this letter and with this community who's supporting that letter, that has created an exigence, which now she wants to take back to her article and bring forth the purpose of this issue and then supported by her research. So it's it's this huge picture that is coming forward um, because of this letter. So I think that's really something very important. So I get this will maybe be slightly off topic, but um, I know like when Kyle and and Sweta uh, proposed the idea of this letter, I realized that I had never even given a second thought to citizenship requirements because I am a U.S. citizen. I was born here and it was something I never had to think about. And I realized just how much privilege there was in that. And, and it was just like, the more I thought about it, the more I thought like how unnecessarily exclusionary it is to do something like that. And, you know, cause like in academia it's like, people will really want to like, this is, this is like a big, huge, like rant of mine. So I'll try to like cut it down. But a a big thing that bothers me about academia sometimes is how um, people will, kind of portray themselves as being very woke and, uh, you know, very, like, you know, very much like understanding, <laughs> um, you know, they seem to understand like how this all works. And, uh, as Ashaka just said, uh, when programs say we want di- diversity and they don't do anything to actually do that. And, um, it's, it's just so frustrating. And I, I mean, wow. I, I just went to a conference where there were people like going on and on about diversity but then saying nothing about how they were going to do it. And I think what this letter does is says like, Hey, listen up, we're not going to take this shit anymore. And yeah. like this, like, like just calling people out on their bullshit. Like, cause it's just, yeah. So anyway, so that's my rant. Uh, so that's how, that's how I see this like kind of uh, intervening is like basically just calling out the bullshit more. Sorry. My cat decided to join the conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay what's your cat's name oh this is this is leo i don't i don't know he doesn't usually do stuff like this um <laughs> but anyway um yeah so it's i think it's really just kind of like taking academics at task about like what they need to do better so i'll just leave it at that i just wanted to sort of synthesize both like how we're talking about the AZ letter and some of the things that we talked about for what we think the goals of next gen are and what we hope next gen does. And one of those things is that the exigence started with someone who contacted the initial moderators, right? So it started with a graduate student who reached out to us. And then if that exigence is carried over because there are increasing numbers of graduate students that are experiencing this, then not only does it call out like hypocrisy in whether in in institutions who do call for diversity and who do like 
say they want to be a part of these efforts, but then fail to put in the support systems that can recruit and retain and support scholars from diverse backgrounds. It also says we see those of you who are struggling, which is one of Kana's points. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about, for me, the ISAD letter uh, really represents a lot of frustrations that I have with right um society in general you know um to to put it frankly as an indigenous Hi. person where um <laughs> looking around and seeing a bunch of people enjoying a ton of privilege on stolen land um and then saying hey by the way i'm going to excuse uh, like exclude you from the party you 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 unless you were you know arbitrarily born on the stolen land uh so sorry, that was me being frustrated, but <laughs> I get really upset with these ideas of these false borders, you know, um, defining opportunity and, and, and opportunity in this country. And so when I think of my colleagues, my colleagues who institutions are willing to um, extract their monetary contribution and their labor contribution, but then are also not willing to give them an opportunity to to work and to share um, what they have uh, they've worked so passionately and incredibly hard for here, right? With others, that really upsets me. And you know, like Caitlin said, I have privilege of being a U.S. citizen, and uh, be, but that's with privilege comes responsibility. And and I, I'm as a somebody who doesn't want to be a casual ally to uh, people who need allyship. It's it's worth it for me to to turn uh, my allyship active. Right. There's one thing to say, I support you. But there's another thing saying I support you and I am going to work with you to help change this situation as much as, as to, to the best of my ability. And, and I'm going to, and I'm going to risk, right? Cause they can't take away my citizenship, right? <laughs> so I'm going to risk, uh, I'm going to risk some of my position and put that forward as much as I can to be part of this together. And, and that's one thing that happens with allyship. And that is an important component that people, uh, people sometimes overlook is, Saying you just support somebody is is different. It's inactive, but going towards the active of allyship and saying I will risk makes it much more meaningful, and it is that becomes actual allyship. We we don't want to be casual allies here at NextGen and just say, boy, that's too bad. So and and that wasn't that eloquent, but at the same time, I just <sighs> anyways, this whole thing. Um, I was so grateful. To be part of this and you know for me I just took I ironically you know like what I I could do in the situation was promote this and I could uh, copy edit a little <laughs> and right I didn't have the experience to be actually to, to write about this right but I could support those that had that experience and help make their voice stronger and heard by more people but it really was meaningful to see those those names pop up on that list and on, in the background, in our direct message, little group chat, we were all just kind of 
watching this and and chatting with each other as this list got longer and longer and pages and pages and people that we read and respect like standing together or um, not to use Abel's language but like forming a group together to uh to say no we don't believe in this so um anyways thanks for listening as it currently stands um there's 380 endorsements for the um the ISAD letter and so um I think you all deserve um, a round of applause for for your hard work and dedication uh, to, to to community uh, organizing and to this field and to this discipline. So thank you very much. Um, this is just one example of the community building uh, and, and and coalitional approach again that NextGen um, is taking to to the field and to the disciplines. What might we expect from NextGen going forward uh, in terms of, do you have anything else in the works like this ISAD letter? I mean, I think that we, I mean, we've already sort of begun talking about the need to have, you know, what are we going to look at next? What are we going yeah. to focus on next? Um, and so, um I don't know that I have an answer for you. Uh, somebody else may have a more concrete answer, but I do know that if there's something someone needs, they should let us know. Yeah. Her, that may be the perfect answer to a, a, a question that was phrased a, a bit weirdly. Um, so here's what, what, here's what I want to do. You know, I, I mentioned I wanted you for about an hour and you all have been so gracious with your time to be with me for now and almost an hour and 20 minutes. So I want to, I want to go ahead and end our discussion with this. I want to go around round, round table style one more time. And I would like for you to answer this question in your own words. Okay. What is your role going to be with next gen going forward? And how do you hope to impact the community of NextGen and the field and the discipline? And we'll start with Ashanka whenever you're ready. First off, thank you so much for um, listening to all of us today and giving us the space to talk. That's, that, I just want to say that. Now as a faculty member, I think my role continues to be to support graduate students. It's just now, instead of um, in a... I don't have all the power yet, but I always say with whatever power I have, I'm going to do something, whether that's, you know, locally or broader, signing the things I need to sign, communicating, uh, speaking up when I can, right? Yeah, so I think my, my role moving forward as a startup member of NextGen, but also just as a human and person in the discipline as a professional, is to continue supporting and advocating and speaking up uh, about problems that I keep seeing time and time again. And when when I can, and whenever I have more power to do things, even with more like gravitas, I guess. Yeah, so that's my rough answer of that. But I just I think it's, it's necessary for me to continue doing what I'm doing. And it has become like it's in deeply ingrained in who I am as a human and a professional now, like everything I do is about for um, with supporting <laughs> graduate students and students in general. Um, Sweta? Uh, so, yeah, I'm on the job market this year, but uh, hopefully if I move on with a job next year, 
I will be continually support uh, NextGen and its community. And sometimes, you know, there will there is uh, some people do not know this kind of space uh, exists. So I think I will be always that advocate to all the graduate students saying like, hey, here is the space and here is what the space is about. Here's what it, how it started and here's why you should join. So I think that would be my role moving forward and always being on the backside of and, and a support to this community because uh, we will move on ahead. And one thing I wanted to point out is something that Kyle Ashanka and I always talk about is the sustainability. I think maybe Kyle can pick up on this later. Um, so we always wonder about, uh, because we were the first three moderators, we always stressed about it. What would be, how can we uh, maintain the sustainability of next gen? And uh, yeah, I think that would be a good question to of, of, for all of us to think about. And I think if even if we move on uh, in our lives, if we continue to support next gen and 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 we all have commitment to support next gen so that com- commitment will also help in the sustainability of next gen and Kyle I I didn't say it as good as all of you so please help I'm going to continue being a moderator uh of course um but I think a large part of my role is to listen and to act. When Sweta came up and about the listserv to listserv response about the ISAD open letter, listening to those concerns, but then thinking through what can we do about it? You know, like what and how do we move in ways that may not be accustomed to academia, but where can we borrow genres of action from other types of traditions like community organizing or social movement or activism or academic? Who knows where next gen is going to move, but I think it's almost rhizomatic in a way where we move where we need to move. Yeah. And so with sustainability, I think a big thing that started with the thread, the Monday questions it was at first, uh, with us started, the moderators starting threads, is we have this digital space now. What does this digital space become? And how do we build culture and community in ways that um, don't allow next gen just to become WPAL2. So I think that that, what does critical sustainability look like in digital spaces and how can Mm -hmm. it continue moving in a way that continues that tradition that, you know, we have hopefully been starting. So as far as like how I see my role um, in next gen is, um, I think trying to maybe bring more focus into maybe how like our, you know, the work that we're doing in next gen, the work that um, we're doing as academics can uh, translate outside of academia um, in some way or another. Like how can we use what we're doing here to make change elsewhere? 
as that's something that is definitely very important to me is like, how can we, how can we make our work like apply elsewhere? So I guess that, I guess that's kind of how I see my role. But at the same time, I think I'm still trying to figure that out, you know, because um, I haven't, haven't been a moderator for super long. And I still think that there is a lot that I can do to kind of fulfill my role as a moderator. But um, I guess that's the main thing is like figuring out how, how we can like kind of like make our work matter, how we can make our coalitional work matter more. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a work in progress. For me as a next gen moderator, um, I'm really focused on learning how to be a better listener and to um, also act as a model for radical academic advocacy and allyship while while remaining humble. And what I mean by remaining humble is is knowing the reality of my positionality, knowing uh, what margins of maneuver maneuver let's see what knowing what margins of maneuverability I have um, to quote some um, tech com academics that I respect. Highly and um, and so with that margin of maneuverability, I and knowing what what it is right for myself is being able to enact um, change as part of a coalition of other like-minded scholars um, and and like I said earlier, being radical in it, right, busting through those genres as we've been talking about those genres of action. And, and working together to redefine um, oppressive norms uh, within within the practice of academia. I hope to continue figuring out um, how I can best serve the community and in this role. And some of that is because I'm both new to being an next gen moderator, but I'm also new to being more public in my discipline and in like this grouping of disciplines together and so figuring out what my power is and how that can how best to wield it and to not break this beautiful thing that we've all made Newport I honestly feel like all the moderators especially the ones who've been here before when you want to join them uh, have not talked about handling contentious situations as much and I have in the past one month I've seen how beautifully and just uh, how humbly they're handling situations with faculty and those messages so I'm learning a lot through that and I definitely want to be a moderator who is able to do that in the best of my ability because uh, it's hard sometimes with although we we are a group of graduate students. We still have faculty who is involved. We have these different coalitions with just higher level, higher ranking people out there. And when they come up with requests, it's just really difficult for even all of us to think together as a group. Even, But um, that's awesome work that they're doing. And I definitely am learning a lot. And uh, I think as, a, uh, as being a moderator, I would also, I'm continuously trying uh, to contribute and finding ways in which I can contribute, but also making this community more visible to current graduate students and the upcoming graduate students right now as a role as a PhD student, but further 
uh, in my role as a faculty i would i would like to continue to do that um and also we are generating or creating all this knowledge through the listserv through the website that we have through twitter through all these different social media and although we are creating that knowledge also being able to manage it so that it is findable by people who are looking for that information is something that i would be interested in doing i haven't still started figuring out a way to do it but that's definitely on my list of things to do and uh, also while doing all of these things and gradually moving forward making progress towards making a bigger better community i also feel like it's important to remember the history of why nextgen really started so making sure that that's remembered by a newer generations joining us uh, is something that i would really like to do and continue doing thank you all for joining me this morning um and uh carving out some time and for your service to the field and for what you all are doing Kyle Ashaka Sleta Caitlin Kana Kayla and Nupur you guys rock so much thank you so much Okay, there it is. There you have it. My conversation with the NextGen moderators. I want to thank each and every one of those folks for joining me. That's Kyle, Ashanka, Sweta, Kayla, Nupur, Kana, and Caitlin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, personally, I look forward to keeping up with those folks and watching them succeed uh, both individually in their own endeavors and also as a collective. The Next Gen Listserv is a space that you need to be in if you're in composition, rhetoric, if you're just a graduate student, really. The space is so great and hopefully you gained a bit of knowledge about what the folks there want to do, the community that they want to construct together through this interview. So that does it for this season, I guess. Uh, we're going to put down the microphone and step away for a few weeks. We'll be back in January. We're going to kick off next season with an episode devoted to labor in the academy. And we're excited to have a couple of people joining us for that conversation. If you'd like to join the podcast, perhaps you might join us for our Emerging Scholar series, or you might check out our website, www.thebigrhetoricalpodcast.weebly.com. Check out our promotions page. Have you got a book or a monograph? Maybe you've got a conference coming up. Reach out to us. We want to talk to you. We want to acknowledge your labor and promote your hard work and service to the field and the discipline. Luckily, this year, we were able to hit the road. We were at Computers and Writing in East Lansing, Michigan. We were at the 3M Symposium in Kokomo, Indiana, and we're hitting the road again next year. We're going to be in Milwaukee for Four Seas. We're going to be down at East Carolina for computers and writing. We're going to be other places, but we can't get there alone. Well, we're going to get there alone. We have to, but we could use your help. Sure. Make sure you head over and grab some merch during the holiday season. It's giving season, and I think maybe you might 
consider giving yourself a gift of a big rhetorical podcast t-shirt or giving someone else a gift. Maybe your dog needs a new shirt or maybe you need a new coffee mug to kick off 2020 with a bang. I know I do. So make sure that you uh, visit our Cafe Press store where you can buy big rhetorical podcast merchandise. That's www.cafepress.com slash TBR pod merch. That's cafepress.com slash TBR P-O-D-M-E-R-C-H. All right. Complicated enough for you? We'll tweet it out. Well, I want to do a bit of reflection as we're leaving. And in that reflection, what I really want to say is that, man, this podcast has grown this season. We've talked to some fantastic scholars from around the world, and we want to keep that up. We want to keep that up going forward. So make sure you reach out to us. I am lucky to be doing this, to be talking to you all, but I couldn't do it without you. Otherwise, I'd just be talking to myself. And well, nobody wants to edit that audio. Thank you. Thank you for helping us be a moderate, moderately successful during our season here. And we're looking forward to season two coming up in the spring. Okay, well, I'm going to get out of here because believe it or not, I have grading to do. And I bet you do too. So until next season, be kind to one another and always be listening If you'd like to leave the conversation now, go ahead and do so and enjoy your day. Thank you. 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 <laughs> okay, how do I? I don't. Wait, hold on. Okay, wait. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Ciao, ciao. I don't know how to turn this thing off. There's a red button. There should be a red button. That's a heart. Oh, okay. No, this heart? (laughs) No. No, that's a heart. Okay, I'm confused. Oh, I think this is it. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Charles. Maybe just close it out. Oh, that's a good idea. This is all going into the blooper reel, too, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God.